Welcome along to 20 Minute Topic. I'm Marcus Stead and I'm joined as usual by veteran campaigner and blogger Greg Lance Watkins. This week's topic is online censorship and the enormous amounts of power a small number of tech giants now have over what information we receive and which consumer products we buy. Do stay with us. Greg, when YouTube was launched, it was an independent site, but for some years now, it's been owned by Google. And about two or three years ago, we saw the beginnings of censorship on YouTube insofar as extremist material was removed. And very few people disagreed at the time because there was a lot of Islamic extremist material removed, a lot of uh, what really was hate speech removed. But I think in recent months in particular, we have seen this move into new territory. For example, the way Michael Moore's videos have been removed. And there was an incident just a few weeks ago with the journalist Peter Hitchens, who gave an uh, an interview some months ago now with with a very popular online YouTube channel called Trigonometry with Constantin Kissin and Francis Foster. And that initial interview went very well. It got hundreds of thousands of hits. And then they asked Peter Hitchens to do another interview, a matter of just a few weeks ago. And that went on YouTube, and it was drawn to Peter's attention that it wasn't getting many hits. And he noticed this as well. He had a look, and then he realized that it couldn't be found using the normal methods. And what, it, what had happened is YouTube had not taken it down, but either somebody in YouTube or somebody else, not connected to YouTube, managed to mess around with the algorithms and make it far more difficult than it normally would be to actually find. And Peter alerted YouTube to this. He also alerted the men at trigonometry to this, and YouTube put it right. But as Peter himself has said, most of us don't have the sort of connections that he has, and therefore they wouldn't have the means of YouTube putting it right. But what we're seeing, I think, with what's happened to Peter Hitchens, what's happened to uh, Michael Moore, what's happened to others. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Alex Jones, the American conspiracy theorist, but he had his stuff taken down. What's happened to YouTube in particular in recent times, I think has become extremely sinister. To start from the completely opposite end, I think Alex Jones needed taking down shortly after birth. His material was lunatic conspiracy theories, malicious, vindictive, in fact, anything to stir the pot, to get noticed. And he was the classic example of nutty as a fruitcake, bedroom broadcasting that is so popular in America. Hmm. He needed taking down. However, it's not that he was taken down eventually. It was the manner in which it was done. He was taken off of Facebook, off of YouTube, off of Twitter, and I think he was taken off another one, all within about three hours. Now, this can only happen if these organizations are actually working in collusion. And it is very, very dangerous to have business bodies or busy bodies who are acting beyond politics, beyond democracy, and beyond rational, decent thought. We yeah, now... there's, there's a fundamental point here, isn't there, that those in power are, in a democracy anyway, accountable to people and are accountable to others. What we're seeing here, 
um, to go back to Peter Hitchens and the way he explained it in his Mail on Sunday column two weeks ago, where he said he was in the USSR in the dying days of the USSR in the end of the 1980s. And the censors in those days were very much government authority figures and they dressed the part, they looked the part, they sounded the part. The way this is done here, he said he had these cheery emails from YouTube explaining what had gone on. And he said he doesn't feel any more comforted that in this case, um, they wear baseball caps, sweatshirts, they begin their emails by saying hi, but they're there with their metaphorical blue pen saying what we as consumers can and cannot see. And this is extremely dangerous because they are accountable to no one. We are all in effect when we publish stuff on YouTube or on various other platforms subject to a kangaroo court, which is probably no more than one individual working for, whether it's YouTube or Twitter or anyone else, sat in San Francisco, deciding what we can and cannot see. That is the danger. We are all now subject to not the law of the land, but these kangaroo courts of YouTube and of Twitter and of Google and of other tech giants. It goes even further than that. Um, probably you wouldn't be aware of it, but few people are. We used to have people in uh, war zones, and I've been in war zones, I've been in battle zones, I've been in um, police states. You know exactly where you are. You know that there are dangers. You are accepting those dangers if you're there by choice. Uh, so if you run foul of the law, don't be surprised. Mm. It's when you come back to Britain and you run foul of the law because they're on a fishing expedition, mm. that it is deeply worrying. Or when you find that the head of the Metropolitan Police was the person who was in charge of the gang of yobs passing themselves off as police firearms department who murdered Charles de Menenes in the most amateur way going in public on a tube train when he was traveling to work as an electrician and had never done anything wrong. Hmm. That mm. is what's really scary. How does this connect to what we're talking about in terms of technology? Because we've got a lot to get through in 20 because minutes Because it's here. outside of technology as well. Don't forget that we've got people now who are not military, who are flying um, fighter drones that are killing people in war zones. Yeah, and do you know what? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned drones because I think what we will end up with is what is being done to others now may well come back to haunt us in years to come when, um, when, when the technology moves to a stage where poorer countries in the world, dare I use that term, are able to purchase such drones and then use them to attack us. And I think that day may well come. Um, so I, I'm wary of, the, of that in all sorts of ways. But I, I take your point on that. Now, we saw the other day, getting the conversation back on track to where I was a moment ago, moving it on to Twitter, though, we saw the other day the banning of Katie Hopkins. Now, let me be clear about a few things. Have I had dealings with Katie Hopkins? Yes, I have. And I'll say she was perfectly pleasant with me. I had no issue with her whatsoever. My honest opinion of Katie Hopkins is that there are times when she is her own worst enemy. I don't condone some of the things she says. 
I also think she, she digs herself these deep holes where she could get out of them quite easily. Like the Jack Monroe thing, for example, if she had simply apologized to Jack Monroe for misidentification at an early stage, she could have saved herself a huge amount of hassle and absolutely enormous amount of money. She didn't do that. She ended up losing her house and everything else. Now, whatever you may think of Katie Hopkins, and however distasteful you may or may not find her opinions, that is irrelevant in one sense. If she has committed a criminal act in terms of so-called hate speech, then you should inform the police and they will take appropriate actions and in the courts as well, if necessary. What we have seen here is Twitter was bombarded with complaints about her tweets at the start of the week when she express express disapproval of the footballer Marcus Rashford's um, eventually successful campaign for, for school dinner vouchers to be paid for over the summer period and they bombarded Twitter with suspend this person report this tweet suspend this account uh, towards the end of the week the kangaroo court in San Francisco permanently suspended Katie Hopkins's account now they did something similar once before but this seems more permanent there was no explanation from Twitter. There was no press release from Twitter explaining exactly what she had said that had gone against their terms and conditions. The woke left in particular was rejoicing about this. And then they were saying, the conversation on my Twitter timeline was moving on to things like, and I have to say there was some quite high profile people joining in this. We'll go for David Vance next. We'll go for Nigel Farage next. That was their mentality. By the way, I don't like David Vance at all, and I haven't got on with Nigel Farage since 2006. Greg fell out with him before I did, by the way. So let's, get, let's be clear about that. But this is a case of the mob decides who they're going to attack. Twitter then bends in and gives in to the mob without explanation. And I say to people, be very careful what you wish for, because at some point, if you express a non-woke opinion, they are going to go for you. And this is part of the so-called cancel culture we have now. I think the suspension of Katie Hopkins was a very dangerous thing. And I think people who are rejoicing in this ought to be very careful indeed what they wish for. I think the people who are rejoicing in it are the very people who don't understand what the hell is going on around them. They know nothing, for instance, about Black Lives Matter. Absolutely nothing. They have no idea what the aims of Black Lives Matter are. They have no idea that uh, BLM UK is not actually a part of BLM worldwide. They do not know who the leaders of it are, the founders of it are. They have no idea what their charter is. Uh, they have glibly donated a million pounds to them online without any idea or any undertaking from uh, the people who are raising the money as to how it's going to be spent. Are they aware that it's an extreme left-wing organization run by Marxists? Are they aware that it is their aim not to defund the police, but to totally eradicate the police? What are you going to do next time you need an ambulance in a hurry? What we are actually seeing is there are different sections of Black Lives Matter. There are some who are doing exactly what you're saying. And, and yes, I've seen them. There was one of them interviewed by Mike Graham on talk radio just the other day. It was actually a very disturbing interview. But 
I'm not saying everyone who's been on a protest necessarily believes that. I don't believe that's what they're doing. But I don't think they know what they believe. No, they don't. They don't. If you were to say, come on now, you're on this protest. You tell me five things you actually want to achieve. You'd be lucky to get any sort of meaningful answer at all. But uh, you certainly wouldn't get a consistent answer from all of them. They, they don't, this just seems to be a sort of woke mob, mainly of middle-class people, very often white people, who want to be seen to be, look at me, look how concerned I am, look at how socially aware I am, look at how I understand my privilege. But going back to the Katie Hopkins thing, do you agree with me that this is a very, very dangerous precedent and now the, the, the sort of online mob have got their tails up at the moment and they're going to start hunting others and cracking down on others who do not follow their mindset. This is very dangerous, I think. Oh, yes, we have trash running the media. Well, it's not just the media, it's the social media I'm talking about here in yeah, this context. But the, the internet as a part of the media. Um, mm. we, ha we have appalling trash running the BBC. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, B the BBC has given up any pretense of even trying to be impartial now. But looking at where well, we are... Where do you get honest news? Well, I, I consume my news from a number of different outlets. I, I watch RT News, I watch Al Jazeera, I read various online publications, I read opinion pieces on Spiked, uh, I listen you to... You are involved. So we take it in... A very keen interest on making sure our news is accurate news and not somebody's propaganda and bias. Hmm. Where does Joe Average, who really hasn't got much interest in any of it, but wants to live in a peaceful, improving, safe world, get his news from? Well, it, I know where you're going with this, but I would also say that trust in BBC News, if you look at surveys, they consistently show that trust in the BBC and BBC News is falling fast. And actually the consumption levels and the viewing figures are falling fast. So I'm not quite as pessimistic as you in that sense, but I want to move on now in the few minutes we've got left. Google are targeting products at us, not just based on what we search and what we type into search engines. They're far more subtle than that. And they're also far more successful than GCHQ at finding out things about us. We tell Google a lot about our lives, but they seem to be finding things out about us based, and Facebook as well, based on private conversations. I mean, I made a joke during a Skype conversation the other day about me having a lack of hair. The conversation came to an end. I went on uh, Facebook a few minutes later, and next thing I know, I'm being targeted for hair care products and uh, hair replacement therapy and this, that, and the other. We tell, you know, even having a smart gadget in your room does seem to tell give them an impetus and a way of listening in and advertising products at us. So they bribe us with convenience, the convenience of being able to talk to your smart gadget in the corner of the room, whether it's Alexa or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say the G word because there's one in the corner of the room where I am right now and it will start talking to me. But what are we sacrificing in return? And also we need to be aware that we are being manipulated from Google and its algorithms and its vested interests every time we do a search. And I think, to try and end it in a positive way if I, as I can, and, and how can we begin the fight back? I would say to people, when you are searching for information on the internet, do start using alternatives to Google, such as DuckDuckGo in particular. I would urge those with the technical know-how 
um, the technical ability and the uh, you, you would need quite deep pockets to do this because you're going to need a lot of bandwidth, I'm guessing, or whatever you call it. Start building an alternative to YouTube now because this censorship is becoming extremely creepy. And also prepare to abandon Twitter. Uh, I'm not saying abandon it completely just yet, but we are seeing now that the way Twitter is clamping down on non-woke opinions, if you like. And it's a cesspit anyway. We know it. it's just a very unpleasant mob on Twitter and it's not a good place for rational discourse. But I think those three things, start using alternatives to Google for your searches, encourage those with the know-how to build a viable alternative to YouTube, prepare to abandon Twitter. I think those are the three things we can do. And um, in, your, in your final remarks, Greg, focus, if you would please, on the way um, we are being targeted by advertisers based not just on our search history, but on our private, private verbal conversations, and also what we as individuals can do to fight back against what's going on. Your final thoughts, please. There are so many ways around advertising that it, it is quite terrifying. Uh, the BBC is not allowed to advertise, so you see loads of product placement, and they have an awful lot of products of their own, which they advertise continuously. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. The product, you do see product placement on ITV, that much is true. It would be illegal, for example, if you're watching EastEnders and there's a tin of Heinz baked beans behind the person in the corner shop. The BBC will not be receiving money for that. It, it's illegal for the BBC to produce biased propaganda programs. Oh, that, that is true, that is true, yeah. And that is true. I do not believe that they don't get some form of kickback from products that are placed, point one. They may not as the BBC, but don't forget the BBC commissions it, the whole crowd of its own mates to produce programmes for them and pays them exorbitant fees for it. Oh yeah, there is, there is a cartel of independent production companies who do so very well. So there are ways around this. Mm, yeah. And you'll find that there'll be just the same ways round where we've seen product placement in movies and the like for years. Mm. You will find that increasingly there will be product placement in your house mm. that are taking note of what you're doing. I do, you wanna, do, you, do you want to finally, because we're very short of time, do you want to finally give suggestions to people in 30 seconds, say, about what they can do. I mean, I've given my three suggestions. What would you suggest people do to limit uh, and kick back against the influence the tech giants have on our lives? Your final thoughts. I'm in the process seconds. at the moment of converting to Parlay, Parlay, E-R at the end. Um, and that is a replacement for Twitter. Um, I will run them as a parallel for a while um, to make, sure that Parley is actually fulfilling uh, the promises it makes. I reckon that uh, because of the Katie Hopkins incident, uh, Twitter probably lost 10,000 people in the last two or three days. Okay, what else are you doing? Um, I'm making special note of the fact that, as I said to you, when your printer passed out, um, reset the clock on your computer and you'll find your printer will work again because it's got prob programmed into your printer, most probably, that you d it will die on a given date. There's more and more of this. And whenever you see an instance of this, please make it public. And Does what else are you doing in terms of searching, that sort of thing? 
Um, I'm using DuckDuckGo. I've been using it for quite a while. I've used other. I'm not very happy with Google. I can't stand Yahoo. Um, so I am using alternatives. But to what extent is your computer watching you more than you're watching it? Where is the law that says that your computer cannot have a, a microphone that is transmitting or a camera that's transmitting? Where does it say your television can't be back played to somebody else? I don't well, know the law. Well, disturbing, but I'm afraid it is true what you're saying. The, the smart TVs, gadgets in the corners of our rooms, they're listening to us and they're targeting advertising at us. My thanks as always to Greg. My thanks to you for listening. Do join us next time.